Welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now let us begin. I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. Today's episode is a very special episode because today we're going to be listening to an audio recording of me being on the Sight Beyond Sight podcast with Mike Brown. You guys remember a few weeks ago, we actually had him on the show when we did our episode called The House Divided. He has his own podcast called The Sight Beyond Sight Podcast. Like I said, if you have not checked that out yet, please do so. But this was a long time coming. We had talked for a long time about being on each other's show. And the episode today is recorded off of his episode he did with me talking about comparing jealousy and selfishness. You don't want to miss it. You're in for a treat today. And with that being said, I'm going to have you listen to it. And I hope you're blessed because of it. God bless you, my friends. Welcome everyone to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I am Mike Brown, your health and wellness coach. And as always, I want to thank you all for taking some time out of your life to spend it with us on the Sight Beyond Sight podcast. I know that you could be doing other things or listening to someone else, but you chose to tune in to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast. And for that, I am very grateful. And with that being said, let's create some freshwater moments. Well, everyone, I want to thank you for continuing to be Freshwater Warriors, for continuing to show your kindness, for continuing to put others before yourself. And I want to tell you that we have a, a awesome podcast lined up for you. I am joined with a good friend of mine, Nate, and he has his podcast, Living Parables, going on as well. But I have Nate with me today. And Nate, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. good. I'm really excited to be here. It's cool. Well, you know, uh, a little bit of history. Nate and I, we met through work, you know, and uh, we just uh, found out that we had a lot of things in common. Actually, have you been keeping up with the fights? Oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually woke up today reading an article about Chris Weidman uh, and he has a podcast as well, and he had Anderson Silva on his podcast, and they were talking about the ankle, or not the ankle, the leg injury, because oh, yeah. they suffered uh, the same injury. I, ironically, Chris was the one who yeah. did it to Anderson. And, I watched that live, too. Yeah. That was nasty. Nasty. <sighs> but Chris, he had a different perspective, and I was just like, man, this is, this is crazy. But he was apologizing to Anderson Silva for not being – more empathetic mm -hmm. and now he's starting to realize exactly how much he had to go through how much pain he was in how difficult the rehab is 
And so he had him on the podcast and was telling him and Anderson Silva was gracious and saying, you know, you don't have to apologize. I, I know you didn't mean anything bad by that. And he just kept apologizing. So I thought that was really cool because most people look at the sport as a brutal sport and they think it's just two gladiators wanting to kill each other. Yeah. And that's far from it. There's so much more to it. There's uh, uh, just a level of humanity in the combat, which is crazy. Well, I think what's also interesting about that, because we've watched them together at times, mm-hmm. I think it's insane that two high-level trained athletes in combat can go to war for 15 to 25 minutes and at the end shake hands hug it out and show just a great amount of respect for being punched in the face for that amount for five rounds i'm not sure if i have that in me but uh i'm just kidding but i i think uh I, yeah it's, it's such a i think it's a really amazing sport but not just that the discipline it takes to do that and most fighters are hurt and go out and, and perform like that yeah that's that's a great point you know these guys don't go in 100%. Never. Never. Mm-hmm. Never. It's like football. People think, well, how come he didn't perform? Last week he had this many yards rushing, and this week he looks ordinary. And they never think about, well, this guy was probably 80% last week, probably at 60% now, and he's trying to work his way back up during the game, you know, before the game to get to at least 75%. And so it is just it's it's what they say in football. And I, I I imagine it's the same in the UFC is that whoever is the healthiest is usually gonna win. And they say that with football. Whoever is the healthiest team is probably gonna be the team that wins the Super Bowl, you know? And it makes so much sense. Well, I and you know, the teams that I root for, you know, I you see all these injuries happen and oh, if we just had these these players healthy, it would be a whole different story. I get competitive in that regard, but I mean, I think that's just uh, almost like a life lesson in whole. There's a lot of things that maybe we're not going through injuries at work that we're dealing with that, that prevent us from doing our job, but there are things that maybe there's stuff going on at home, uh, battles we're struggling with inwardly, coworkers that are toxic or whatever it is and i think those things that we have to kind of deal with um especially the things at home because you're not you're not there you're not struck i always think of like health issues like when my kids are sick um i always wonder throughout the day like how they're doing it but my mind is just kind of taken off from my job a little bit fixated on on their wellness and so that is one of those things where you know i'm not anywhere near comparing myself to an MMA fighter or, you know, a a professional athlete, because the stuff they have to go through on, on, on a weekly basis, just to get on the field or in the cage or, uh, at the plate or wherever it is that they're doing takes that a a great amount of dedication and a lot of self-discipline to, to be able to get to that point. And a lot of times a sacrifice uh, to us, would not be worth it to get to that point just to get on the field for a few hours. I mean, that the practice preparation is probably threefold compared to how much time there actually are on the field. So it's yeah. crazy. 
No, you're right about the sacrifice, you know, and uh, about, you know, you brought up a point of, you know, the, the family. We are also going through different things at different times, you know, not comparing ourselves to uh, these elite athletes. But, you know, there are some things that we we go through that are similar. You know, the concept is there. You know, so it comes down to what are you going to do with that? How are you going to deal with this? Are you going to keep pressing forward or are you going to sit there and be angry and upset and do nothing? Or are you going to point the finger and blame, you know, other people for what you don't have or what they have or where you could be? And I think that's mainly a good segue into what we want to talk about, you know, uh, Today, guys, we're going to be talking about what it is and what it means to compare yourself to each other and how there are pitfalls to that if that is the head of your life and that is if that becomes who you are with comparing. Um, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, it's just a simple comparison and it's no big deal or it's just a little bit of jealousy, it's no big deal, but we are not aware of what this could lead to and one thing that I noticed is as a parent, as a parent, we go to the soccer games and you'll hear other parents talking all the time about what this person has or who this person thinks they are because they have this elite job or this amount of money or look at this awesome brand new minivan with all the features they got. They think they're the ultimate soccer mom or whatever it may be. You hear it, though. And I, I start to think, man. What is truly in, in some of these hearts of people on the sideline? Well, I'll tell you, one of the biggest eye openers to me wasn't so much like the peewee footballs or the youth soccer. It was actually scouts. No, oh, really? Yeah. I know it's a weird segue because we're talking about sports, but that's all right. I took, I took my son every single week. Now this wasn't a drop off situation. I was there with him every single week. And one of the biggest things that they do is they do a, a thing called a Pinewood Derby where you make your own car, uh, this little box. I mean, it's just a little rectangular piece of wood that already has some of the grooves cut out for the wheels, but you have to shape it, mold it to be the fastest car. You can add so much weight to it that they actually have weigh-ins and you have to have it under a certain amount of weight. Well, you look at some of these cars that are ready to go, and I think, all right, we painted it pretty good, and it looks it looks all right. <laughs> and some of these are like, okay, these dads are like ultra competitive, and they have, I mean, it looks like a sports car. I mean, it, it looks, I mean, they 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 must use like all these different hand tools and different type of types of power tools to craft this thing into this powerhouse of a little race car that you just drop off the top of a, a ramp and it, it goes down and then it speeds all the way to the finish line. Well, ours kept running into the side of the wall and my competitive nature comes out and like, okay, we got to win this. We got to win this. But I was watching some of these, I was like, there's no way you kids did that on your own. And so here I'm letting my son taking these glue, this glue gun and, and glue up. Like, that looks good, son. And the next year we try to get more competitive. But these guys, we actually went to a, a woodworking shop 
And this guy had won several trophies to show them how to create their own car that would win. I'm like, this is a little bit ridiculous, but (laughs) (laughs) but but the jealousy you're talking about and the comparing, that's what exactly what we did. My son was downcast. He was upset because they kept running in the wall. He didn't even finish the race. He's like, Dad, how come we can't be like other people? I'm like, well, son, we, you don't want to be like other people. Well, what do you mean? Because we want to win. It's like, yeah, we want to win, but you're not at the sacrifice of not having a good time and, and you know accomplishing, like I said, your own goals. But, I mean, it's just it's such a dead end worrying about other people um, because you almost – their desires and their outcomes and their their old, their goals become in a way yours and that and then like where are you at so right. it's just it's just a hard thing to navigate at times it is you know you said you just said, touched on something i had it wasn't an article i was uh in the youtube realm and those who know me, I, I, I can't get deep into the YouTube. I, I oh, yeah. that's my that's my vice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do the other social media stuff, but YouTube I can get sucked in. But I I, I saw this uh article on YouTube and it was a comedian who who takes these articles and then he'll talk about it. And this lady, she was over a hundred some years old, and she gave the secret to living a long lasting life, a long, healthy, lasting life, and she said to stay out of other people's business to mind your own business. And I was just like, so simple. But when you break it down, it just, you're, you're doing your thing. You know, you, you're helping every, everybody else out, but you're not sitting, spending that time comparing yourself to others. You're not worried about um, what you don't have, what you could have. And it was just something so simple. And I was just like, you know what? This lady has the secret, yeah. has the secret right there. <laughs> Mind your own business. I, I remember when I was in track, I used to compare myself to all the other racers. And it was just weird because some of those guys that were beating me, I mean, they were smoking me. I didn't have a chance to beat them. But on the football field, I was beating them. I can, I can run them down. I, I can outrun them. It was just totally different. But when we got into the blocks in those lanes, I mean, they were running 10-4, 10-5. I had no chance to beat these guys. And you know, track is a sport where you can see a lot of comparison. That was when I got my first taste of I'm jealous, I'm mad, uh, I don't even care anymore. I, all I want to do is get first, second, or third, you know, and have the best time. And I want my name in the paper like everybody else has, you know. And that just really messed up my whole season. But there was something that the coach told me. He pulled me aside and he asked me, what my goal was for running and I told him I wanted to place first and he shot me down pretty hard saying no that's not going to happen your time's right here you ain't going to get first so what's your real goal and I told him I wanted to break the tens I wanted to run in the tens because I've been running in the mid 11s and 11s all year he's like well stop focusing on everybody else's race and run your race and that just hit home with me and he was so right that we have to run our race. I was so busy looking in the other lanes, looking behind me, pouting, not using my technique, uh, not focused on my real goal, that I was getting left behind. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, something so simple can be so profound. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's right. like, 
No, that can't be it. That can't be it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, run your race. Was, that doesn't make any sense. And it still didn't click. I wasn't running my race at the next few meets. It wasn't until districts when I ran my race. And it all came together and it kind of clicked to me. It was like in those cartoons when you hear that voice on your shoulder <laughs> said, go, you can do this. I'm here with you in spirit. You know, it was like him on my shoulder saying that, like, hey, run your race. And I finally ran my race, broke 10-9, uh, still got smoked, but it was my best finish. I, be I believe I ran fifth. But that 10-9 can't be taken away from me. I accomplished my goal, but I would not have done it if I was still looking in the lanes beside me and looking behind me to make sure I wasn't getting dead last, you know? Well, that, that's, well it's interesting you point that out because – uh, yeah, when I was in track, they always taught us and they, I'm assuming they taught you the same thing, but when we were in track, we were running one of the biggest lessons they taught us about obviously staying in your lane, but not just that, but don't look to the left or to the right. And, and most importantly of everything else, our main track coach, he was, he's kind of a scary guy. He's just one of those intimidating like, I don't know, almost, almost like a hard nose type of, type of person. Turned out that's not, wasn't him at all. He was actually a really nice guy. Oh, wow. But he, yeah. but he was, I mean, but he was serious about this. He was a really good coach. And he, he, his biggest rule was never look behind you. Never. And so most of us were just too afraid to look back anyway, but we didn't really know the why behind it. Once we got, little more progression into our track practice and, and meets, he would tell us, watch these people run and they run. And he noticed people were looking left and to the right. And so what was happening, they were veering off in other people's lanes. Mm. And then he said, if you ever look behind you, of course, a lot of people don't actually do that, but if you do, first off, it takes, takes your focus off what's ahead of you. And second, when you're looking behind you, other people are going past you. And yeah, for sure. Well, if you're trying it, the ultimate goal in any type of race at all, even, even the races at elementary school, which I will be the first to admit as an elementary school teacher, my students wanted to race me. <laughs> and I kept saying, you don't want any of this smoke. <laughs> and so and I ended up, you know, having a big old line of kids running down, touching the wall and back and smoking them. Like I told you, you don't want any of this. I'm like a right, good. <laughs> you, you, I'm glad you didn't take it easy, you know, cause sometimes oh. they just have to know, you know, this is what you're going to face. And now you need to step your game up before you start challenging other people. I'm surprised I didn't blow a hammy though. Cause that's, uh, <laughs> that's it. Cause, uh, cause that was, uh, that was pretty real. Here I am in like dress pants and dress shirt. You yeah. have to go teach language arts next. And I'm like huffing and puffing now. And of course the other teachers are just having a good old time, just watching me sprint there as fast as I can. <laughs> and this, this, uh, you know, the, the competitive students are coming to me. Let's race again. Mr. George is like, dude, I already beat you bad. You don't want, why would you want that again? Right. No, no rematch. <laughs> no rematch. No rematch. Plus like, I don't know if I can anyway, I'm going to be paying for that later, but right uh no i just it's the same it's the same principle running from just a you and your friend when you're kids hey you want to race sure 
the the whole the whole goal of that is to win. Yes. You're not running just to trot there and just jogging on the side of the road and even see the people that that quote unquote jog. Mm -hmm. They're not jogging. That's like I can actually walk faster than you're jogging. Right. But I mean, the whole purpose of a race is to run it in such a way as to win the prize. Why would you want to run in any other way other than to not win? Right. And I like that what you just said. Run in such a way to win the prize. It didn't say run to win the prize. Just run, given your all, run it focused on winning that prize, not looking to the left, not looking to the right or behind you. And, you know, to me, that says that not everybody's going to get first place. You know, that first place isn't for everybody. No. But you know what? You ran your race to receive your prize. That's pretty eye-opening. You know, a lot of times we we find ourselves in situations where, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it on myself. I remember comparing myself to others, and I, and I thought it was no big deal. And sometimes it was just like, I, track was the one that I, I knew for a fact. I was jealous. I was upset. Um, I was hoping I could trip someone, or maybe they had a hurt ankle, or I could win. Just all sorts of crazy thoughts. But when it came to other sports, I really... I compared to say like, oh, I want to learn from that person. Mm. But see, my knowledge of the game was was greater. So it was just like, oh, what can I take from that person and, and apply it to what I already have? Track, there was none of that. I mean, there was there was no speed to be given to me. There was no technique. I knew I was just going to be getting getting beat beat down every race. And it was just, you know, I had to really, it really checked who I was. You know, but I think there are times where you can look and compare and say, hey, I want to compare and I want to learn. What can I learn from them? How can I uh, get them to teach me some things that they're doing? And I think that's a, a, a good comparison uh, in that sense. Uh, it's kind of like what we do when we, you know, you talked about it earlier when we were talking off the record uh, about, you know, us doing our podcast. I'll listen to something you say and the way you deliver it. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I'll compare it to what I'm doing. And But it's not a jealousy thing. It's a, man, I'm happy my brother's doing something. He gave me a little nugget to to add to what I'm doing, you know. And I think in that sense, it's a good thing. But then how, why, what is it that takes it a step further you know, there's there's that good thing, and then how close are we to taking it that step further to to jealousy? Well, I think one of the things the, the Bible talks about in Jeremiah seventeen nine, I should probably get there, but it says that the heart is desperately sick, and it's just and it's deceitful above all things. So when you're thinking about the heart, you know you can't think of the heart as just a blood pumping organ that keeps basically keeps you alive. It, it's, it's who you are as a whole entire person. Cause we, we're all, we all have a soul or spirit within us. And that's, that's what the heart is. It's everything that we are. And so we are desperately sick and the heart spiritual heart is, is deceitful above all things. So as much as there are times where and I'll just be completely honest, you know, where I'm listening to your podcast and I'm like, man, I really wish I could do that. I wish I could sound that smooth or I can sound or have those type of thoughts and those good, uh, very good wisdom moments. 
And then I listen to my own stuff and here I am him hawing through things at times and, and not sounding <laughs> as professional, but I, I looked at, and, and instead of saying, I wish I was like that. I usually, what I usually end up doing, I, I had to reprogram myself is to say, you know what? My brother is doing awesome, wonderful things. And I usually try to tell you every time that you have an episode out that I love it. And I, I wouldn't tell you I loved it if I didn't mean it. No, and that's what I appreciate. That's that's a true friend. Yeah, well, that's I, a true friend. Well, your episode that you had, your series on being a faithful friend, uh, hit me to the heart because to be honest, I mean, our friendship kind of blossomed out of almost out of nowhere. I yeah. know I know it wasn't an accident. I could have at any point just said, Well, this friendship's not worth that or not even pursuing that but when you when you had the episode out of a faithful friend that's after we became really good friends uh and i i wouldn't consider your friend i consider your brother now but i honestly though cherish your friendship because th those episodes were speaking to me i'm like man i don't i don't really have a ton of friends but the other thing is the friendship i do have am i being a faithful friend am i being a good friend uh so i think that those were one of those things that really really spoke to me but anyway going back to your your main point without deviating from it too much i think the the jealousy aspect it, it's it's just a byproduct of sin we're all born with sinful nature it says that in psalm 51 i'm con basically i'm conceived in sin and so there's nothing that we can do to escape it on our own strength and so Jealousy is just a byproduct of sin. I want what you have. Actually, in the Greek, uh, and that's what I've been doing a lot in my study of the Bible lately, is, is going to the Greek roots of it to figure out what these words actually mean when, the, when, the, when these, not just these people wrote them, but what God intended the scriptures to say. So jealousy in the Greek is when you're being to be jealous, of it means of someone, someone's possessions, their success to eagerly possess what others have that you don't to the point where it can be compared to bubbling over of boiling water. Mm. So I, the two things I can look at when it comes to, again, comparing, comparing you and I, I can look at yours and be bubbling over with that kind of almost say bitterness, envy and where it makes you angry. Cause you think of a bubbling over of a boiling pot of water usually that's representative in anger yeah hostility most, de most definitely so i could look at that and like you know what i i can be mad at you for something i'm even lacking because it's something i don't have and that's so that's what a lot of the world does we like to fill in things and, and fill our hearts with things that are not going to completely fill us but because we're both filled with the spirit we're spirit controlled spirit led we don't we don't think and have the mind the way the world does. So instead of being jealous of those things, I'm like, that's awesome, brother. Keep it, keep up the good work. I love it. love it. Love it. And I'm going to take what you've done and incorporate it to my own. Cause even though some of the stuff I've done on my podcast, it's, it, some of it a little bit sounds a little bit like yours. Cause I listen to yours more than anybody else's. So. And you know, I, I think to me, that's a good thing because mm -hmm my delivery or just anyone's delivery is going to reach certain people. 
or maybe there is something that someone else heard in that message that they can say, oh, I can go deeper into that. And that's why I loved your love series. You know, that was that was awesome. I mean, I front to back, just listening through and through. And I, it was just uh, a different perspective and it was a little deeper into it. And I just thought that was awesome because it, even though, yeah, we both talked about love, it just hit home differently, you know? And uh, I think that's the awesome thing. I think that's when you can get past that jealousy and you can really accept that who you are, who uh, other people are and accept that, you know, some people are just going to have different gifts. That's just the bottom line. It is. That's the bottom line. And if you can accept that and you can learn from that and apply it, like you were saying, man, we can keep moving forward and we can keep getting more freshwater warriors in here with us to do freshwater things on a daily, you know, to help soften up these hardened hearts. And, and that's the whole goal with everything really with me is just instilling some hope, softening up these hearts. And, and doing my part to to make this world uh, as livable as possible, <laughs> you know. Well, I'll tell you, you know, you're talking about hope. You know, I know I know there's a lot of people that at some point will listen to either one of our podcasts. And I mean, think about that word hope lately. I mean, you look at the way the world was back in 2020. Of course, everybody's like, oh, the world is at that point was awful, mm -hmm. and it's. Uh, that's, that was a fluke year. That's not, that's not going to happen anymore. And I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but things according to the Bible will get progressively worse. And a lot of people really get freaked out by that. And they, they, I remember when I was a kid, life was a lot simpler and I enjoyed life uh, tremendously. And I, I didn't, all these things that are happening in the world uh, are, I mean, it's, it's not an accident. And you know, with this, the coronavirus that was out there and just with these things happening in our country and, and they're prog progressing in almost like frequency of, of just these of hostility and the, and the morals have just seemed to completely crumble. The family has shattered into a million pieces. And just going back to the, the hope aspect of it, because a lot of people are saying, okay, 2020 has to be done. Once, once 2020 is over, everything will be fine. Well, 2021 started out with a bang as well. And mm -hmm. it's just these things are happening left and right. Um, now we even have to worry about what aliens now and UFOs and stuff that those are right. that our government saying that it's, these are real things now. And so there's a lot of people I think they're looking for a hope and this is going to be a really bold statement. And I'm, I guess, I, I guess I make a lot of bold statements at times it gets me in trouble, <laughs> but the world outside of God is hopeless. Cause if you think about it, you know, you're born, you grow up, you go to school and then you graduate and go to college, get your, get your degree, meet Mr. And Mrs. Wright, have, 2.5 kids according to the statistics yeah <laughs> get a nice car get a dog a house with a white picket fence and you retire have some grandkids and then that's it and yeah there's other things you can do you can you know you can be charitable you can give back to the community but 
if you really think about that just at face value, that's pretty hopeless. I mean, because the biggest question that we don't want to ask is what is there after this life? And that's not what we're talking about today, but we're talking about hope right now. What, what does the world offer for hope? Get your, get your jollies now. Get, get your paper now. Stack as much money in the bank as you can. Get the best possible house now, best possible car now, all these things. And you do all these things and you have these relationships and the, you just leave yourself always wanting more. Right. And it, it, it leads to, it does lead to jealousy. It does lead to comparing comparing and, and depression and all these things. And, you know, I know there, there are certain chemical imbalances that lead to depression. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fool when it comes to that stuff either, but a lot of these things that we're, we're I mean, think about 2020. We've isolated, we isolated ourselves. We all became islands. We're not, we weren't meant for that. No. God had designed us to be doing what we're doing right now. Iron sharpening iron, uh, treating people as we ought to be treated. We had a lot of issues. You had a, you had an episode on race, uh, that was uh, really, that's extremely hot topic right now. And I think sin has done a, a great deal of damage uh, to this country, to this world. And, you know, in Ephesians, it talks about we we wrestle our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but of the spiritual dark forces in this world. A lot of people don't believe that, but, you know, it, the battle is not against the people, what you physically see. And sin has taken its ugly turn to... Uh, you know, race issues, uh, gender issues, uh, male and female issues, and sin just takes. And, and Satan's very good at these at being craftiness. And and it says in the book of John that his mission, basically, now I'm paraphrasing, but he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. For sure, for sure, and we see it, and we're seeing it play out. Oh, right sure. now. Oh, absolutely. Right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just that thought that just crossed my mind is, you know, the enemy sitting there smiling at the chaos that's going on and all the hardened hearts. You know, he he's probably thinking mission is getting accomplished. Yeah. Because no one can say anything. No one. I mean, it's difficult to even engage in a regular conversation at times with people because they're on such different wavelengths, you know, it's like, uh, it's like sometimes people are just waiting for a fight, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to pick that fight with you, trying to bait you into something. And it, it's just a different, it's, it's, it's different. And you're right. We're not built to be isolated. We're not built to be alone. We're built to have these communications and, uh, have these conversations, I should say with each other and to continue to grow and to continue to move forward. And if you're comparing yourselves to each other, how can you move forward? You know, it, it'll stunt your growth. It'll stunt your, your progression because of that boiling, that, that jealousy that's boiling, boiling over. And uh, what made me think about that is just so simple. Boiled water is hot to the touch. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's hot to the touch. You don't want that thrown on you. You don't want any of that water to pop on you. It instantly just sears your skin. 
Now, picture someone that's jealous. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. They touch you. They even glare at you and look at you. You can probably feel your skin boiling. You know, it's it's crazy. Is there a such thing as being a little bit jealous? Uh, I I think there probably is, but I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. It's just you know one of the things that happened this year because this is a first year being an elementary school teacher. I've had a little bit of experience, but this is my first full full year in one classroom, and people that had been doing this for years were. I mean, so stressed out to the point where they were crying to other people like constantly. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that per se, but I'm not a big crier. So uh, I cry at like godly things. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to like the physical stresses of this world, uh, I know where my source of strength comes from. It doesn't come from myself because if it came from myself, I would have failed a long time ago. Right. But I had somebody who wasn't a huge fan of mine who end up being a mentor of mine. They were assigned to be my mentor and they, I don't, I knew they didn't care for me that much because I didn't ever need any help. I didn't need any advice. I mean, that's, that's not all the way true, but I She would always ask me, do you need anything? Can I help with anything? It's like, no, I think I got it. And I know at one point it, it bubbled over to the point where, you know, she basically confronted me on it. And I said, look, my strength, my strength doesn't come from myself. I'm not stressed out. I'm not worried. I know my why. That's the big, they, they, it, the thing is they, in the workplace, they try to use buzz phrases yeah, to fix yeah. everything. Now, Mindfulness, know your why. Well, this was the big one yeah. in, in my building. Uh, let's treat everybody with grace. Ooh. And I said, do you know what that word means? And of course, no one, no one responded to it. And I said, I told people that in my circle and I wasn't trying to be toxic. I'm just saying, I know what the word grace means and people outside of God can show it, but it's very rare. So I said, you watch, you watch, it's not going to last long. And no sooner did that come out of my mouth, just a short time later, people were at each other's throats. They were making stuff about, up about other people. They were gossiping and spreading rumors and he said this she did that all those type of things and i said that's how far human grace goes because if you can't give me what i want i'm right. done, i'm done with you right and and that's the way the world is we did it I, we talked about this kind of off air but we were in a we were in a group talking about compassion for crying out loud mm-hmm. compassion i used it straight out of the bible it talks about in Philippians. I'm, you need to put that. That means you put other others above yourself. And someone jumped in immediately because that must have triggered him and said, "No, no, no. I think I respectfully disagree. You have to take care of yourself first. And it took every ounce. I should have probably said something in love, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I just thought, okay, you're new. Know your role. Take a back seat. Just and I. I probably shouldn't. Have. I probably should have spoke up because. That is the opposite of compassion. And that's what this country specifically in this world is in, in dire need of. We don't show compassion. We don't look at, look at the turmoil that our country is in right now. There's, there's still right now protests and riots still going on. You just don't hear about it anymore. There, there are people that are 
that are going hungry in the streets. They're, they're I mean, you go along down the list. We, we, a deeper web is, is politics. Look at the mess that's in. Yes. I mean, it, and that now I'm talking about if you vote for red or blue, it, that, and that stuff, talk about division. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we get so bent out of shape over the things of this world because a lot of people, and this is what, this is what we're kind of getting to is that everybody gets fixated on the things of this world because that's their life. But there is this life can be good, but God calls us to an abundant life and that life is only found in him. So my friendships, and you're one of the very few, again, I would consider your brother because I have God as my center and that's not easy to do at times. And it's, it's hard to keep him in the center, but when he's the center, he makes everything around me better. It almost like a bicycle wheel in that middle part, mm -hmm. the center, he needs to be at center, but everything out there spokes out, go to the wheel. Everything is, is, is that much better and holds it together. So our, our relationship is stronger because God is the center. My relationship with my wife, sometimes my parents, even coworkers are better because I have God as, as the center. He makes everything better. And Colossians 117 says in him, all things hold together. And 2020 was a good, I don't know, self-check about, uh, some people weren't too fond of spending a lot of time with their families. Even, right. even the worst part is people didn't want, cause think about it. You go to work, you have your hobbies, you have your friends, you hang out maybe on the weekends, all these other things you have to distract you from yourself. So you have to stare at yourself in the mirror and think, and a lot of people don't like what they see. No way. I, I can't stress it enough that looking in the mirror as a human is one of the most difficult things for us to do because we don't like that image. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why these issues that have been plaguing our country has been going on for so long because we are afraid to look in that mirror. We are afraid to look at the history and say, you know what, this was bad, but it doesn't have to be like this. Instead, we try to ignore it and hope that it just goes away. And then the minute someone starts to talk about these issues, it, it hits you to the core because mm -hmm. maybe you feel a certain way. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree but it's hitting you at a different level because you are seeing a reflection of yourself in the ugliness of the history. I tell you, you know, 2020 was, uh, it was an eye opener because of what you said, the lack of grace, the lack of compassion, the lack of empathy, mm. the lack of empathy. It was a very, very selfish year. Very, very selfish year. All you heard about was me, 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 me. Well, I'm not doing that because it's not going to benefit me or I don't want to do that. I'm not sacrificing that because of my fears or because that's not what I want. But when you're in an occupation of service, it goes back to what you were saying. You have to put others before you. If you want to see progression, if you want to really have an impact on others, you have to put others before you. It's not saying to neglect yourself. It's saying, you know what? I understand right now uh, that I'm in an unfavorable position. It's not the position I wanted, but you know what? I'm here. 
But the good thing is I have the tools and the resources to, to maintain and to get past this. The people that are dependent on me don't. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, sure. So once you shut it down and you put yourself before them, who's going to give them those resources? And that's exactly it. I mean, one of the books of the Bible I've been in, uh, several of them, uh, been in Philippians and Colossians a ton, but it goes right back to this point. And the reason why I was turning my Bible while you're talking and I was listening, but this is, this has been on my mind. This was completely my focus this past year in school because it turned from, I wasn't worrying so much about teaching what, what the lesson planning and teaching kids. My focus was uh, how to show other people Christ and his power, what he can do within you mm -hmm. in the midst of turmoil and chaos. But it also turned from that to how to treat other people. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but, you know, when you did your episode on race, you know, um, by all by all statistics or whatever it is you want to say, we shouldn't be brothers. Right. I mean, if they, if you wanted to boil it down to that, I mean, we're getting like extremely real right here, mm -hmm. but I mean, I, I didn't never looked at you like you're less, or I never looked at you like you're anything other than a human being. Cause you, cause we are all, and this is what this is again, goes back to that Ephesians. I was talking about chapter six, where it talks about our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but the spiritual forces of darkness because we're all made in the image of God. Every single one of us on this earth is made in the image of God. And so if I look at you and say, and make you less or treat you less and, and racism is a, again, it is a very ugly byproduct of sin that, mm -hmm. that just shows you the ugliness of the heart. What I talked about in Jeremiah, Yeah, it, it's, I'm not talking about it. It's what God says. The heart is deceitful above all things and it's desperately sick. So that's, we treat it. And, and what, what is that? We treat other people differently because it makes us feel okay. better and more power and control. Right. And that, that is, that is one of the things that makes me probably one of the most angry is when you treat others in a way that is, makes them less than, a, than, than what they are. And so going back to the Philippians uh, chapter two, verse three, listen to this. Could you imagine if the world focused on this? Uh, three and four do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. And then listen, this is, this is just, I got goosebumps. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Could you imagine Mike, if we had a world that was focused on that because do nothing with selfish or empty conceit, okay, I'll just be the first to admit it because I'm not going to sit here like act like I'm holy and righteous because I'm one of the worst people when it comes to being selfish. Mm -hmm. Father's Day is coming up. And I want good stuff. I want my, I want my good stuff. I, I don't want the tie. <laughs> I gave my son static last year because he gave me a 79 cent bag of sunflower seeds like the little the little small yeah. and i love sunflower seeds i'm like it's like this is how much you love your dad yeah you couldn't get me the big one <laughs> that's funny to this day i still was like so you're gonna give me some uh you're like are you gonna give me the two dollar bag of sunflower right. seeds this time <laughs> he goes whatever yeah. dad but i mean it's just one of those things where you know i don't know i just think it's funny funny we do that but it, it, we we want those things but i'm selfish 
and I can be conceited at times and, oh, woe was me. Oh, poor pitiful me. But the word that st stands out is, but with humility, humility mm -hmm. is such a, it's the polar opposite of pride. It's, and mm -hmm. again, pride is, is another one of those things that a byproduct of that is jealousy and comparing ourselves to others. But humility is, this is, this is humility at its, at its yeah. highest level. I, I, Nate, I'm with you though. What you just read, those two scriptures are my favorite in the entire Bible. Yeah. I have used that, uh, working with, uh, clients in treatment centers and shelters. I've used it coaching, uh, others one-on-one -on -one. I've used it coaching football teams. You know, the, I just lean on that for everything because it spells out everything. It's what you just said. Could you imagine a world where everybody was looking out for everybody else? Because once you look out for everybody else and you put others before you, you're going to be taken care of because you know what? Someone's going to come around and do the same thing for you. So, it, but it's hard for people to see that because we live in such a me, me, me world. Look at what I got. Look at what I'm doing. This doesn't benefit me. So I'm not going to do it. Well, how come I do all of this work and they get some of the pie too? I should get all of it. Right. I don't want to split anything. Well, my sacrifice, well, I'll, I'll do for others, but everybody else better be doing the same amount or more than what I'm doing because uh, I always put in the best work. It's just that kind of crazy attitude that just drives me bonkers. And that's why I always relate everything back to football. You know, oh, yeah. you listen long. Oh, yeah. I, I say football and life go hand in hand. That's right. And that's it, right. It, it, that's right. football's life. <laughs> but that attitude irks me because everybody has their position to play. Sometimes one person is going to have to carry more of the weight yeah. because they're equipped to do it. They're trained to do it. Sometimes you're going to have to carry some of your teammates. Sometimes you're going to have to... Uh, take on more responsibilities. But guess what? Because you did that for five plays in a row, everybody wins. And it's no longer about how much did you do? It's about everybody stepping up and doing their, their part and doing their playing their position and looking out for each other. Because you can't do it all alone. You said it earlier. We were not born to be isolated. Mm -mm. We cannot do this alone. Well, and you, you think about it because you're talking about the aspect of a team. One person slacks, one person doesn't give their all. That means 10 other people have to make up for that right. lost effort. You think about the body. We all, every single part of us has a different function. Mind has a different function. The heart has a different function. Your fingers, your ankles, feet, eyes, nose, mouth, whatever. Uh, if your If your body was all you know, one big set of eyeballs that it wouldn't function right. No. Cause it talks about that. It talks about the body of Christ and we all have a different, a different part of that. Uh, some people are, you know, a foot, sometimes or a hand, you know, yeah. I don't think anybody wants, really wants to be a foot, but I, I think, you know, I'm talking about where we all have different functions. And so what something you're strong at, maybe I'm not strong at, and so maybe I'm something I'm strong at. You're not. And 
again, it goes back to the comparison. Thing. Exactly. Because way, exactly. way, back, but I want what he, I want what you have. I don't want, I don't want to do the things that I'm good at. I want to, I want to have what you have because look at, look at the attention you're getting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens at times. Cause we, you know, I have people upset with me over uh, posting videos on Facebook of, of Bible studies because they weren't doing that. And they were like, well, I reach people differently than you do. Okay. First off, that's, <laughs> that is not the purpose of this. <laughs> first off, that's why people have issues with, with the church is because these type of things right here. Yeah. I said, the only reason why I'm doing videos on YouTube or uh, I'm just kidding, sorry, uh, Facebook is because I had family that reached out and said they want to, they, their life's not going well. They're at their lowest possible point. Uh, I've had relationships. I've tried alcohol. I've done drugs. I've, I've, I've been in the clubs. I've done everything I've done, I've done and I'm still empty. I don't know why. I said, well, God's is the one that's missing your life. So I sent actually my cousin, I sent uh, my cousin a Bible I said, I'll be on every single Wednesday at 630, get on and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig in the Bible and, and I'll just, just listen through. And I had people that like that were jealous of that and, and comparing, well, I, I do it a different way. Good. I'm glad. Right. Good, I'm glad. Then you can reach another set of people yeah. that I'm not reaching. Yeah, you know? that's exactly it. So <laughs> it, it turns into that. It turns into that comparison. Well, well, Nate's getting some attention now, but I want some too. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I don't want attention. I, all my attention needs to get off of me and go back to the only source worthy of attention. That's God, God alone. Because, you know, life outside of Christ, it can be, it can be fun. It can be exciting for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, but it leads you empty. I don't, I don't go to bed unfulfilled. I go, I go to bed uh, full of the spirit, full of the, uh, full of his promises, knowing that, that everything I'm doing on this life in this life right now is, 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 is trying to please God. I don't always do that perfectly, but I, I live to try to please God. I live to try to do his will. And I, and the biggest thing I'm trying to do right now, honestly, is trying to love people as he loved us. Cause he loves people. Mm-hmm. People want to get fixated on the wrath. They want to get fixated on on the destruction part of it, and that's easy to do, especially if you're an unbeliever. Because oh, yeah. that's the first thing you're gonna to go to is God's yeah. evil God that just yeah. you know smashes people that step out of line, and that's not true. But he, well, when Christ was on this earth, man, he just loved people, and he loved people that were that like the Samaritans, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were hated by the Jewish people because they inter- they intermarried with other people. Uh, that were not their people, so they mm. they they would they would go around their city to avoid them. Mm. Jesus went right to a woman who was the outcast of an outcast society, and he was the first. He, she was the first person that he revealed that he was the Messiah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's who Jesus yes. is. That's who God is. He doesn't look for these people that. Are on these, if you turn on it, especially if you turn on a, and, and listen to a TV evangelist, I would just suggest not to do that. But because these people have the perfect slick hair, they have, I mean, I, I saw a stage that had, I mean, these golden chairs were bigger than this room we're in right now. Right. And that's what they were sitting in. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't, that's not what God's all about. That's what they, and that, and that, that's Satan's way of 
mocking God and trying to turn people away from what he really is. He's, mm -hmm. he's focused on the people that are broken and they know it. And you know, it's for hope. Me, yeah, that there it is hope. And cause, cause if you don't, if you're broken and you know it, guess what? I, I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I, that what you just described with, with your cousin reaching out to you, I've tried everything. Yeah. I have nothing left. I, I'm, I don't know where to turn to. I don't know what it is I'm looking for. They don't know it's hope at the time that they're looking for most of the time. Sometimes, you know, but they don't know what they're looking for, but they realize that everything on this earth hasn't resolved their inner issues. You on Wednesdays are delivering that message of hope, you know, and that, like you said, that's God, God coming up, Jesus coming down, instilling hope into everyone, those who are lost, instilling hope in them. And that is, that is the Jesus that people want to turn a blind eye to. Oh, sure. You know, because it is, like you said, it's easy to turn on the the wrath and say, well, I thought God loved everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, he does. But I always try to, not that I'm comparing myself at all, but to put it into terms where people may understand. I always refer to being a parent. You love your children. Mm -hmm. Man, there's nothing you would do for your children. You will be lenient with your children. You will show them mercy and grace. But there are some times where they have to feel your wrath because they are getting too far out of line. It's, it's the same concept in my eyes. Hey, you know what? I can't name anything that Jesus didn't do or God uh, in the Old Testament didn't do that wasn't uh, people didn't have signs. People didn't have warnings. People didn't have an opportunity to change. You know what I mean? Didn't have an opportunity to to uh, to heed his word. Is no different than with your children. Mm -hmm. You know? For sure. Hey, you know what? I've told you for two weeks now to clean your room and not just throw everything under your bed or in your closet to really clean <laughs> your room and get the trash out. I know you were sneaking and eating in your room. Uh-huh. All right? And I've, I've turned a blind eye to this. I was showing you grace by giving you two weeks to get this done. Now... It's time to turn it on and feel the wrath, man. You are going to be no TV, no PlayStation, no nothing, whatever it may be. You <laughs> yeah. are going to be in your room for the two weeks that you left it messy and you didn't listen. You're going to be in your room for two weeks with it clean like this, doing nothing, watching your friends playing outside. You know, I, to me, it's the same concept. Well, and, and speaking of the wrath that you're talking about, Second uh, Peter 3, 9 says this, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some account slowest but is patient toward you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. People want to throw out Noah in the ark. <laughs> right. And they, they want to say that, well, only eight people survived all that and yeah. uh, everybody else perished. Well, understand that God gave them 120 years. Noah worked on the ark 120 years. to, And he was also a preacher of righteousness of God. So there, they had their opportunities. They wanted to eat, drink, and be merry and live life. And you know what the biggest thing is? People don't want God to be in control lives because they want the control. They don't want someone else lording over their life. They want to be the God of their own lives. And that's what it basically comes down to. And like I said, but the thing is we have things in this life that that 
remind us that there's something more. Mm-hmm. In Ecclesiastes, it says that eternity is set in the heart. We know that th- this is not the end. Deep down, you can you could suppress that truth all you want. Right. You could suppress it. I totally it, agree. But it's there. It's evident. And and at Romans, the first chapter talks about. Well, I'll just I'll just read it to you real quick because you look at nature, you look at some of these beautiful places on earth. And one of, one of the things I like to do on YouTube at times when things get chaotic is I like to turn on relaxing music at times, just instrumental stuff. But I, I, in the background, it has these beautiful images of the, of this world. And, you know, speaking of that, as I'm trying to get there in Romans, the first chapter, and I believe it's in verse 20. Let's see if I'm right. Yes says, for since the creation of this world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. There's no excuse. What you look around you, the fact that there are trees and birds in the air and a sky, the fact that we are so we have to be so perfectly away from the sun to sustain life, and the fact that our bodies itself are miracles and all the things that it does, there's no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuses. It, it really comes down to, I don't want to submit to God. I don't want, because a lot of people think that, well, if I, if I, if I do good things, six, about 60, 70% of the time versus mm-hmm. the 30 horrible percent bad things that I do on a daily. And maybe I'm not really so much committing a violent crime. Uh, I'm telling a white lie or this or that. Right. It's nothing, nothing bad, but it, I'll be fine. I'll get there. And Larry King, when he was alive, thought that that's, he was, he would have uh, John MacArthur on the famous theologian yep. that's over in California. He, he told him off air. I think I'm going to be fine. Uh, I, I do, I do good deeds and that's, it's a works based system. So as, as met as much love as, as I mean, good deeds you show to other people, if that outweighs your bad, you'll be fine. Christ did not come for that. He came because he said in John 14, 6, it's my favorite verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way to heaven. There's no way around him. And and here's the thing. Talk about being freshwater warriors in a salty environment. There is no way to heaven. There's no way to paradise except through him. And that road is rough. Yeah, it's rough. It's not for the faint of heart because you have to love him and serve him and honor him as God and him as your Lord. And you have to die to yourself. People want to hear that. I want to Mm-mm. I want to live for myself. I, I want to be built up on the things that, I, that I, about me, me, me. We're, we live in a selfie age. Mm-hmm. And, and God says, you shall know no image before me. No other gods before me. So that's idolatry. And idolatry is anything you put ahead of God. So the question I ask my listeners is, what are you putting in front of God? Right. And the biggest thing that we do that we put in front of God is ourselves. And, yeah. you know, honestly, that's just what I'm trying to, to focus on because I know that uh, I'm a sinful human being. Uh, in Romans chapter 7, it talks about the conflict of two natures. And where it talks about, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death. It talks about the sinful nature that's still living within us, mm-hmm. that it just wages war. And 
you know, we have no hope outside of Christ. And that sound that that is such a, I mean, draw a line in the sand statement, but it's the honest, it's the honest truth. And it's mm. not that I haven't studied all these different religions because I have, but everything outside of Christ is a works-based system. And a lot of them don't, and Buddha at the end of his life was still looking for peace. Mm. Uh, and, you know, some of these other things, these other different denominations, people wonder about that. That's just, that's a result of sin because it's all works-based. And it's, we are saved by grace through faith. So, and that's, that's Ephesians, uh, chapter two, verse eight. Brother Nate, man, that was, (laughs) whew, that was powerful, but it was the truth. And you know, that it goes back to being simple again. Yeah. The hardest thing for us to do is to look in the mirror. That's why we resist so much. That's why we, we sit there and we try to. That's why there's people that say, you know what? Nope, God doesn't exist. Nope, it's just easier that way. Or I need more science. Well, there is some science that's proven that, you know, these things existed. So I, uh, that's fine, you know, but then that's easy to ignore, you know. Well, I need to see them. Okay. Have you worked on building your relationship with them? Have you spent time in prayer? Yeah. Have you spent time talking back and forth? Have you spent time in the word? You'll you'll feel him. You'll know he's there. Oh, yeah. You know, even right now, even right now, I know you've probably felt his presence. What did you do with it? I know you've seen things where you're like, man, okay, that wasn't me. That wasn't anybody else. That had to be something else. And I think I know what that something else is, but I'm not going to say it because then I might have to look in the mirror, you know, uh, yeah, just that was very powerful. That was very powerful. Well, I I get I get really uh, one of the things that I I have to temper at times is is my intensity, and I've actually apologized no, to that. In no. at, it, at times with I I can deliver a, a more graceful, loving way. It's just it's just the fact that I. Most of the books in this Bible were for believers because they struggled mightily mm-hmm. and they struggle with unbelief. Uh, where a demon possessed boy, a father of that boy, came to Jesus says, "If you're willing, can you make him? Or if you can, can you please help him?" Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, "If you can." <laughs> and he said, "Laura, I, I do believe. Help my unbelief." And that's where I think that's a lot, a lot of places where we're at is, yeah. is, you know, the, the Bible, it can be complex, uh, but it's not, it's not overly complex. The, 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 the difficult thing, and that's kind of the scripture I used for, kind of for my podcast is actually the verse after that one, where it says the natural man does not understand the things of God because mm. they're, because they're of the spirit. And so a person can't just straight up pick up this book and understand everything that's in it. The spirit of God, and this is this is the concept that kind of again freaks people out. When when you put your complete trust and faith in Christ, knowing that you are, and this I guess this is the way of of salvation. 
you need to come to a realization that you cannot please God on your own merits, on your own good deeds. You can't do it. Bible is so, very clear I'll on that. Go deeper into that. Yeah. What, because some people hearing that may be like, what? Well, then how, how does this work? Okay. So this is, this is how it works. So it says all of our deeds, our good deeds are like filthy rags to God. That's found in Isaiah. It's not until you have, if you're a, a believer in Christ, where those, those deeds are for God and for his glory alone. We live right now outside of Christ, being a believer in him, we live for our own glory. We don't, we don't, uh, at sometimes we can be philanthropic. Uh, we can, we can love others because we are, we, we're all made in God's image. So we at times do show those things. I I've known non-Christians to be more loving than actual Christians. That's what oh, frustrates yeah, for me sure. to the core. For sure. And that's what also frustrates you about myself. But so basically you need to understand, and I can go on all these different verses and we'll be here for 45, probably more minutes, but, but I'm I sorry, mean, just, just, just break it down for, for just break it down for the person that's listening that is new to this. So if you're new to this, everything that we were programmed to think, and this kind of sounds matrixy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but we're programmed to think that our, our good deeds get us good things. I, I'll even say the same to my kids. So if you're good, I'll give you this. I'll, good, I'll give you that. We'll even, we'll even, when we invent Santa, if you're good, even though you've been really bad, you'll still get good things. God doesn't work that way. He's, he's immutable. He doesn't change. He says that we have to be perfect as he is perfect. Well, if you're sober minded, you're going to say that I'm not I'm nowhere near perfect. And that's a good place to start. We cannot, it says, if we're in the flesh, that the flesh is the, the, the desires that we have that are sinful, anything that's sinful. We, we desire sinful things. And so if we are in the flesh, we cannot please God. We have to be in the spirit. Well, how do you be in the spirit? Well, that's that's step two, I guess, of the process. You have to understand that your sins have separated you from God. A complete separation. There is no fix in the gap because what we think we do is that we do good deeds. Well, we love people. We're kind of people. We we give food to the homeless, and you should do those things. Those those are qualities of God. That's what He did. That's what He would do. But we think that by then that we're going to be saved, that we're going to be in a right standing relationship with God. And that's not how it works. It's through his son and his son alone. So we come to the realization that we cannot save ourselves. There's nothing we can do that we that we can anything in the smallest fraction of thinking that we can save ourselves. Can't do it. When Jesus says that blessed are those who are poor in spirit, mm-hmm. he's not talking about being spiritual poverty. It means you know that you are spiritually bankrupt outside of him. You cannot please him. There's nothing you can do to be in a right, right standing relationship with God. So that's where his son comes in. You put your complete trust and faith in him and him alone. That's it. That's it? Yeah. But you believe <laughs> yeah. with your whole entire heart, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And you, and you, you, you just, and it's all of grace. We're, we're saved by grace through faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain what we do not see. And you and you and when I say complete trust and faith, because it 
it lately I've been saying that a ton, but that you just, you, it's like all the cards on the table, everything that I have is thrown on this Lord. I cannot do this on my own. I'm, I'm asking you to please say, but here's the thing that a lot of people forget. And I kind of just forgot is repentance. And repentance means you turn a 180 from what you're doing and go back to God. Because again, we're controlled by the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so we're so fixated on things that God calls sin and we justify, oh, it's not too bad. It's just that it's a little bit of pornography, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of gambling, mm -hmm. a little bit of, a little bit of racism. There's mm -hmm. no such thing, but yeah, you know what I'm getting at. And so I think, I think what we do is we, we just, we try to justify ourselves. And that's what we do in elementary yeah. school. It happens all the time. Why'd you do this as a person? No, mm -hmm. you, you should. He or she goes in all this whole spiel why they did this. Like, you shouldn't hit people for that reason. That, that doesn't give you an excuse. We that, nothing changes when we get older. We just conceal it better. So, we justify ourselves, but we don't repent. And repentance also comes from the heart, understanding that your sin against God separates you from Him. But here's the thing that people don't like to talk about, and it's very unpopular. When we sin against God, when we don't honor him as God, we don't honor and we don't put our trust and faith in Christ. We store up wrath upon ourselves. That's in Romans chapter one. We're storing wrath upon ourselves. Hey guys, this is Mike, your health and wellness coach and host of the Sight Beyond Sight podcast. I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to create, distribute, host, and monetize your podcast. And best of all, it's free. Whether you are a novice with the idea of starting a podcast or an expert wanting to switch your podcast to a different host, Anchor is the easiest way to go. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. With Anchor, you will have the opportunity to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Now, how cool is that? Anchor is everything you need in one place to make your podcast. You don't have to wait anymore to create your podcast. You can begin now by downloading the free Anchor app or by going to anchor.fm to get started. And we don't want to think God of like that because that I want to hear that God loves me unconditionally. I want I want people to know that no matter what you do, that God's going to I'm using kind of my little southern voice because that's what you hear. Yeah, that's what you hear on, on the TV. Well, God just loves you so much and he's just going to fulfill all your dreams and he's going to work with you. And that's that's that is a that is a false, false teaching. And again, what happens is we everything we do we try to justify and I'll, I'll give you this piece of scripture because here's the amazing work of jesus christ and this is what people don't teach and this is what people don't hear is that because we know we're not perfect and we know it and we ask god to forgive us god please forgive me i know i've sinned i'm not perfect and that's jesus ate and dined with the sinners he said it's not the it's not the well who need a doctor it's the sick that's why I came. I came to seek and save that was lost. It's the people that know it. That's why all the stories in the Bible that when Jesus was meeting with people, it wasn't with the, 
it wasn't with the religious that thought they got it. Right. Exactly. They were opposed to him and they basically they executed him. Because they were spending that time, like you were saying, justifying their yeah. actions, try, trying to hide it and justify what they were doing wrong. Yeah. Didn't want to look in the mirror. And so they said, okay, you know what? We got to get rid of this man so a, we can feel comfortable with what we're doing. He was a threat to their power and to their self-righteousness. Yep. And that's what people do. But the, the, the amazing part of what Jesus did is that when he died on the cross— and we put our complete trust and faith in him. I keep saying that because it's so important. We put all that on him. And God, please forgive me. I have sinned. I've done horrible things in my life. I want to be I want to be forgiven. And it's by your son and the son alone. And it's by your grace alone because I can't do this on my own. So when we do that and we, we, we repent, we fully repent for that. I'm so sorry. It, it's from the heart. I could, I could bump you walking down the street. Oh, sorry. You know. I really cause harm to you. You know, we can forgive people. It has happened before. But if I really wrong you, like right now, I, if I said something or did something to you and I was fully repentant, I was from the heart, Mike, you know, I'm so sorry, man. I, I messed up big time. I didn't mean to hurt you. I, maybe I did mean to hurt you, but I, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm repenting that. You could hold a grudge for that. You could, or you, you, you could forgive, but, Repentance is repentance is from the heart. It's from the soul. It's not a just a sorry, like when my kids hit each other. Say you're sorry. Sorry, that don't mean nothing. But this is okay. Going back to it, wrapping it up. This is what Jesus did for us. This verse I use on my podcast all the time because it's so amazing what what he's done. It says in Second Corinthians five twenty one, he made him talking about God making his son. God made him who knew no sin, Jesus is sinless and perfect, to be sin on our behalf. Hmm. Sin is, de is detestable before God. He can't be in the presence of sin. It became sin on our behalf, our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. I mean, He takes, He takes, and I, just, I, actually, I actually just completed a series on sanctification. So the first part of that sanctification is justification. So you want to stand right before God? It's through his son, because here's what he does. He takes every single sin that you've ever committed, what you're going to commit later today, what I'm going to commit later today. And when he died upon the cross, he took those sins upon himself. Mm. And he took that upon him. I'll take it for you. Isn't that, isn't that Philippians chapter 2? And then yeah. he, so he takes that. And he says, because I know you cannot, you cannot stand before God because of your own righteousness. I'm going to give you my perfect righteousness and holiness on, into your account. So that when you stand before God Almighty and have to give an account for everything that you've ever done. I got you. Jesus like, I, I got you, brother. I got you. Man. And that we can call it. And that's the other thing. And then, and then we are able to be justified before God. So we don't have to justify ourselves anymore. Jesus justifies us by his blood and by his resurrection. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, he was just he was just a crazy guy who thought that I was God. Right, right, exactly. But Jesus rose from the dead to affirm that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that through him, through faith in him. Because if you read anything in the New Testament, it has it, it almost condemns 
uh, works-based salvation. The things that you do will save you. And that's what that's what these people came in. Paul warned of, uh, of the yeah. Yeah. Paul warned of the of the of the believers. Savage wolves will come in and teach destructive heresies. And what's what's more destructive than you can do it on your own? You don't need God. I mean, you can you can help old ladies across the street, you can feed the homeless, you can do all these wonderful things, and you'll be saved. And what's gonna happen at the end of that? And that's this is what's scary because in Matthew chapter seven it says, Oh, depart from me, I never knew you. Yes. You who practice lawlessness. And here's the part about that knew you in the Greek. This is why it's so important to actually study the Bible. Because when it says, I never knew you, that's intimate. Where it talks about that the same word was used when Mary didn't know, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm -hmm. didn't know of a man. Talk about that sexual intimacy. Because Jesus was conceived not out of a human will, but of the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. That Again, that freaks people out. But... Do you know Jesus intimately like that? Not like no, that. I got you. Do you but know him? Having a, a like real you, relationship, yeah. a, a bond, you know, kind of like to put it on, on on physical terms, I think uh, Jonathan and David. Exactly. You know, their relationship was, they had a bond that everybody dreams of when they say, man, I need a true friend. This is what they're talking about that's an example of what they're looking at so yeah when you say intimate you mean uh, just a, a, a closeness at hey i am here for you um i know you we know everything about each other yeah you know we've taken that time right to build this relationship well and it kind of goes back to what i your episodes on and your series on uh, being a faithful friend because i remember calling you after listening i binged listening to those I mean, you sure did. <laughs> I, I I was I was sucked in. I was locked in. I'm like, I, I I think I had a notepad. I was taking notes, and I'm like, and it really it really hit me the heart because I was like, you know what? Uh, we got to know each other for for a bit, uh, for pretty much pretty much a half a school year or mm -hmm. so, and we kept that relationship ongoing because I was I was only a sub, and then we uh, and I left. But I was like I was like, you know what? Uh, we we clicked so well. And, and and just so like fluidly that it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to just to be a, oh, hey, Mike, uh, how's it going? Send you a Christmas card and, and that'd be it. I, I you know, I've tried. So I, I remember calling you right after that and saying, I'm sorry if I haven't been a faithful friend to you. But, you know, and that's, and that, goes, and that kind of goes back to repentance because I know you were, you were so gracious about it. You're like, no, that you're, you're you don't you have to do that. But, me, I'm like, I could be doing more things. I, I can make efforts in our friendship, in our, our, our brotherhood. And, you know, this year was a lot more challenging, but, you know, yeah, most definitely. so I just, but it, again, it, it's, it's all of God. It's all of his grace. And, you know, we, we kind of a little bit deviated from uh, comparing, comparing. That's all right, though. But comparing yourselves comes from sin it comes from that struggle against it's again it's not the struggle against flesh and bloods it's against the powers of spiritual forces of darkness and that the spiritual force, forces of darkness tell you to focus on other people because if you're focused on other people that are imperfect just like you are your focus is not going to be on god mm -hmm. and that's that's all it really is because again 
1 John, I quoted earlier, 1 John 2.16, it says, lust of the flesh, lust of the pride, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's 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 our focus. And, and it says right after that, that's not from God. And so I, I could give you many scriptures off the top of my head about what we ought to think about, but when we compare ourselves to other people, um, it's not just they could be toxic. Because if you look at these pro athletes that we talked about in the very beginning of all this, we talked about pro athletes, uh, MMA fighters, uh, football players. I watch pro football pretty closely. After they retire, a lot of them really struggle with depression. They struggle with anxiety. They struggle with a lack of fulfillment because that was their whole life and now it's gone. Because in one of my episodes, I, I actually talked about that. One of these days, you're not going to throw a 50-yard pass. One mm-hmm. of these days, you're not going to run a 4 four forty. One of these days, you're not. I'm living in that right now. It's terrible. <laughs> right. Because it's I, I want to I be able to, to dunk right. and do all these things. But, but it really leaves you with you one-on-one with God. Okay, you don't have all these things that you think that's going to fulfill you. Now what are you going to do? Oh, I'll, I'll go fill up my myself with another relationship. I'll go fill myself with some philanthropic work. You can, you can, you can put a bandaid on the bigger, the bigger issue, but the, if you, if you get, if you are in Christ and, and he is, he is your life and he is your Lord, your master and savior, he makes everything else better. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I see some athletes and it's very rare anymore but you don't. A lot of Christian athletes uh, are not completely successful because this, this is not their life. Uh, one of the biggest examples of success would be that Nick Foles, who when mm-hmm. he Carson Wentz went down, he stepped up and basically won them the Super Bowl in the playoffs. And you know, he is a staunch Christian. He is a he is the real deal. And you know, he said the Super Bowl is great. But that's that's not what I'm here for. Taking that a step farther, I listened to an interview of Tom Brady a few years ago when he won like five Super Bowls, which it makes mm-hmm. me salty because that's he has more Super Bowl Super Bowl wins now than my team does. But uh, yeah, you can go ahead and disclose who that team I'm is. I'm a Steelers the, fan, Steelers so I was like, all right, we're, we're logging off right now. <laughs> Steelers fan in the house. Yeah, and so <laughs> um, like unsubscribe. <laughs> I know, right? now, you know what though off topic real quick the Steelers fans they remind me they're the pro version of Nebraska fans to me that time oh yeah you can they go can to be. any stadium and they will fill that up I'm like why are they in yep. Denver and I see nothing but yellow towels I know how did they get those in here half the stadium yeah, in crazy. Denver it's crazy well, they, it's wild. I, think they, I think it was a game in Jacksonville. They actually took over, and actually, you can hear the crowd cheering for the Steelers <laughs> versus Jacksonville. Like, I believe it. I was like, "Come on, Jacksonville!" I mean, I, believe I know it. your franchise isn't that great, but they had the, they, had, they they got their quarterback, so we'll see how it goes. But going back to the yeah. Tom Brady thing, uh, this is crazy. I think it was four, four or five Super Bowls, and he asked him. He goes, and he was t- the interview was asking him some questions, and he goes, "You know, I thought that if I won all these Super Bowls, that I would feel like more fulfilled and better." I don't think I'm not feeling it. There has to be something more. And the guy and the guy literally asked him, what do you think that is? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. 
And he is probably without a doubt the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. I mean, you, you can say what you want, but seven Super Bowls, yeah. right? Yeah. Seven. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's unheard of. And he's still unfulfilled. You know, thinking about those uh, those scenarios that you gave about the uh, pro athletes and how we look up to them and how we we glorify them at times and we think that they have it all. They have all these championships. They have all the money. They have the the beautiful model wife, the homes, everything. And we get so jealous and we get uh, in our hearts that we want to do everything and whatever it takes to be like them. But the dangers of c- comparing yourself is that you said that Tom Brady himself said he still feels empty. Mm-hmm. So when we compare, we don't know what the other person is going through. You know, we are all inherently flawed. So why waste time comparing yourself against someone else that you know is just as flawed as you? It's just that they may be flawed in a different area. So that I, I think that's one of the main dangers when that we can get into with comparing and and, you know, Tom Brady is a perfect example because every athlete, every athlete wants to be on his level. Every elite athlete wants to have multiple championships, wants to be uh, considered the best, wants to be in the Hall of Fame. They want those things. But yet, they might not find them. And they still, and even if they got them, they're going to be empty. They can't have the chance of being empty, especially if they don't have God in their lives. And that's such a powerful statement and a, a powerful scenario you you gave because, once again, it proves that you can't do this alone. You need <laughs> You need help, and you need help from the spiritual realm, and you need God in your life to find that hope, to get that fulfillment, to find that peace. And it could be tricky, you know, because we try to hide things so much and we try to say, you know what, I here's the worst thing. People who know that their happiness and their hope is through God and their peace is through God, but they still try to find different ways because they just don't want to look in the mirror. And that's... Um, that's disheartening at times. And that's what makes me feel like, man, this world is really lacking some hope and we need it because those are the ones to me that I'm like, man, they need the most hope because what has them feeling like they have no faith in what they know to be true. And it could be anything, but man, powerful, powerful message, powerful message. A lot of deep thinking, Nate. <laughs> yeah. A lot of deep thinking. And, you know, and it's so simple. That's the that's what makes it so powerful. This message is so simple. But when you think about it, it, it doing it in stages and what you have to go through, you know, we know that this race is not an easy race to be ran. No. I, I'll, I'll just, real quick, um, I'll, I'll just be honest. You know, the, the message of, of Christ is not a weak message. It's not a message for the faint of heart. Uh, I share with on my podcast 
the 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 full message of what God has relayed. I'm not saying I have special revelation. Uh, this is oh, I've been a, a follower of Christ for 23 years now. I've done a lot of deep studying, and you know, the message is can be complex, but it's it, but it's really simple. And you know, one of the things that I've I've discovered is you know Christ lays it out there on what he he demands that you can't love anybody else more than him. You can't put any anybody else on the throne except for him. Uh, if you don't count the cost of what it means to follow him, then you're not worthy of him. Uh, the cost of following Jesus is high. It, it, it does come with a cost. It, it calls you to die to yourself. And to that take up your cross. Take up your cross. And that means when Jesus took up his cross, he knew his ultimate destination was was to die. And when we take up our cross, we do the same thing. We have to die to ourselves. And Lord, I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to follow my desires. I want to live for your will, to do your will, and for your glory and your glory alone. Because the amazing miracle of what happens is we go from a person who doesn't believe in God at all to completely transformed. So we talked about on my podcast where God draws people to himself. If you're listening to this right now, he's drawing you. If you're listening to God at any point, my, my viewpoint is that he's drawing you to himself. You can't come to him unless you're drawn. So if you're listening, you're drawn. And if you're drawn, you have choices to make. And this is this is where this is where you, this is where repentance comes in. Either you repent or you keep doing what you're doing. And so what happens though is when we're being drawn is that we hear the, the message and we believe it or we don't. And so I think I think what happens a lot of times is that we get a little taste of it. And we think, well, it's just not for me because people don't want to go through hardships. They don't want to have to give up who they are. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to die to ourselves. I I love myself. I love my life. I love my friends. I love the my hobbies. I love all the things that I'm doing. Why would I want to give that up? If and that, that's and that's just the issue. Anything that's that is sinful, you you must give up. And unfortunately, a lot of things that we do are sinful. We just, it's been mirrored to where the world says it's okay. And it's not okay. And that's what God's word is. God, the, the Bible is a, is a love letter from God that our, our, our relationship with him, our paradise with him was lost because of sin. Because like I said before in Isaiah 59 two, it says your iniquities or your sin has separated you from God has hidden his face from you you can't get anywhere near him if you're in sin and that's a problem and that's where that's we read that second corinthians 5 21 where he took our sin and now we are given his righteousness now we can now we can be uh pleasing to god because you can only please god in in the spirit so when when we believe in christ and he is our lord master and savior he then, and this is again divine miracle. He gives us His Holy Spirit, and His Holy Spirit 
then gives us the mind of Christ. So we think like he does. And what was he consumed with? He's consumed with not just loving people. He did, he did, he did things. We talked about this off record about he did so many things for people that if you were to write them down, it would fill the whole world with books. That's how much he did. And taking that a step farther, but he was always, always consumed with doing the will of God, doing the will of his father in heaven and for his glory and his glory alone. And, but you know what? He also was in prayer because he knew that in this fleshly state, because we know that Jesus is, had the fullness of deity dwell in bodily form, says that in Colossians, you know, he at times physically grew weary. He's not, he wasn't used to that. And so, you know, he be, he was a perfect model of what it means to be a Christian. Every, everything he was tempted with, every type of, of situation where he's facing life and death. If you read through the book of John, the Pharisees were always looking for a way to kill him. Or yeah, most, him. De most definitely. He always confronted people with, well, have you not read or quoting scripture? Anything he says, because he is God, is scripture. So he was quoting from the Old Testament that he spoke through the prophets and through people who had them write the book. Because one of the things that people freak out about and get upset with is that maybe they don't, maybe it's not just that they don't understand. But in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is God breathed. So yes, it is 100% written by man, but it's also 100% written by the Holy Spirit, inspired by him. So that's what... That gets people like, yeah. well, I don't know. But again, it goes back to belief. So I guess going back to all things, Jesus doesn't give us a message of, I'm going to do good things for you. I'm going to give you the car and house you want. I'm going to I'm going to bless you all the time. You're never going to have any hard times in your life. He says, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So if we are in him, we will overcome. So this life will get tough. And 2020 was a good, I mean, was a good representation of that. Get, things get difficult, but take heart for I have overcome. Which goes back to our, our main, uh, well, not one of our main uh, topics that we were talking about is instilling that hope. You know, through him, knowing that you have a relationship with God, that you have a true belief in God and that you're following him. Uh, that is where your hope lies. And that is how you make it through all those trials and those tribulations that you'll face because it's difficult. It is, you know, I, sometimes I feel weird saying it because I know the God that I follow and it's hard to admit to someone that, man, it's hard because you don't want something to be so right, to be so difficult to do. Yeah. You know, it, that's, that's not, am I making sense with that? Mm -hmm. But like, I have hope in this road, in this path, because I know that I'm not alone. And I know that, you know what, as there's nothing that I'm not going to face that I can't get through with him. And that's where the hope lies. And that's where you gain your power and your strength. And that's why you're able to go into an environment where everybody is worried about themselves and everybody is worried about what could happen and worried about all these different things. And yet you're calm and you're confident and you have strength in what you're doing. You're not uh, going to the other side and, 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 and freaking out and causing chaos and adding to the drama. 
you're doing your own thing and people are sitting there looking like, why, how, how, how is he doing this? What makes him so different? Well, you've invited people to, to figure out, to, you've invited people to come with you to, to show them, you know, what makes you so different and to show them that, hey, this isn't just me. This isn't just available to me. This is available to everyone. Mm -hmm. You can have this. You can have this. But you have to soften up that heart. (laughs) You have to soften up that heart. Well, and again, that goes back to the mirror where you have to just look at yourself and just understand that you can't, that you just can't do it alone. We we talked about that several times, but it's just, it, it, that, that was exactly right. And, you know, when I, and the, the disheartening thing is that when you invite people, especially when it comes to God, more often than not, you're going to hear a no. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, like I said, I sent, I sent a whole big email out inviting people because I know, I know the pandemic caused a lot of people some stress and anxieties, and I'm not taking away from that. Uh, some people really had some family members that were in some dire health situations where, you know, they, you know, they had legitimate concerns and, you know, I, I fully understand that. But I said, you know, if you want to come to my classroom before or after school to pray, or even, even have a small little devotional just to give you some hope and, and some help, then I'm, I'll be available. And not one person took me up on that offer. And it, that's fine because, you know, uh, I'm not going to condemn them for it. It's, it's not in my timing. It's in God's timing. So maybe that wasn't the right time. You know, I'm, it was my first year there. So who knows what will happen from this point. But I did get to talk to some people, though, off the cuff that were going through some things. I had a person that was going through a really hard time with their relationship and was able to pray for them and, and, you know, just go over with them with, with some scripture and just show them this, this is the way things ought to be. And, and, you know, sometimes we have to just persevere and, and it turns out everything was working better for them and God answered their prayers. And, and that, see, that's the other thing too. Uh, I've had people in my life that have come to me for prayer and I've talked to them about God and trying to get them to understand that you need, you need Christ, you need him. And they got, I mean, some of these things that they, you'd be shocked that they were praying for that God answered almost immediately and almost in a divine intervention type of way. It was really powerful to see. And God kept saying, yes, 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 yes. And when I talked to this person about, I mean, I pretty much what we just did here about like a pretty much like a full gospel presentation mm-hmm. and just want nothing to do with it. They wanted the good stuff from God. They wanted the blessings. Right. They wanted the, the yeses. Uh, but sometimes God does say no. And maybe and maybe at some point that that will come full circle. Right. Uh, recently, it hasn't been. But that stuff is like you don't know what you're missing. You, you don't. And that's why, you know, that's why I try to tell people is, you know, God doesn't, again, he doesn't call us to live, have good lives. He calls us for the abundant life. And the abundant life is found in his son. And I'll just, I'm not perfect. I'll be the first to admit that. I I struggle with sin just like everybody else does. But my life has been much more full 
and and happier and more joyful because ha- joy is completely different than happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, happiness is like circumstances that happen to you. Right. If you happy, joy is that it's it's, it's in you. It's in it's, you. It's, it's, it's deep not going away. You. Yes. And the joy also comes from the promises of God that that He makes that He that He will fulfill. And you know he's he's just never left me and he those promises are becoming more precious to me the older i get because the older i get the more i know that my time is coming to a close you know i'm not deep into my life fully but you know that stuff that stuff comes up too yes. you know you don't want to think about those things but you know i know one day that my parents aren't going to be here anymore i know one day that cousins and brothers and sisters and you know that's coming we we can avoid it and that's what we do i think we live life to avoid we don't want to think about those things because oh yes i totally agree with that and, i totally agree you know a tragedy just happened in my family a uh, cousin of mine didn't really i wasn't really close to that side of the family but my dad was close to that side uh their grandson was on a motorcycle car pulled out a little too far mm. hit just hit the front bumper flipped over it pretty much killed him on impact and it's such a tragedy and they they talked to my dad now they live about three three hours out and they they you know my dad called and said you know i don't know really what to say except i'm here for you and then they said what do you need from me you know he didn't want to give him any scriptures that that's right that's not the appropriate time here's a bible verse to help you with your life that doesn't work um so he just said what do you need from me because a lot of things that are lost is we need to see it to love, love people and serve people. And basically we need you down here for spiritual guidance. So basically he went down there and he just gave them the good news of, of Jesus Christ that, yeah. that this life is not it. That, that hope. Yeah. That's that hope. It, it, hope. We keep going back to hope <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you what, there's no hope in jealousy. No. And there's no hope in sin. There's no hope in pride. Cause it's all focused on yourself, what you don't have, what you, what you don't possess. And, and really a lot of times joy comes from the fact that other people that you, that are in your circle around you that are succeeding. You're like, mm-hmm. you're like, man, good for awesome for you. And that, that truly thing. makes me happy when I see that, when I see, man, Nate is doing it. It's awesome. That makes me happy to see other people doing well, you know, and, it's just not, you know, back to your jealousy thing, though, real quick. You know, jealousy, I'm never going to forget this image. Jealousy is like having a pot of hot boiling water getting thrown on you. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, it's I think that I think that's an awesome image. That's how deep it can burn. Well, and, that, and where that comes from, you know, I'm just going to turn there real quick because I, Cause we talked to actually, we talked about before we, we actually started talking and then, you know, some of our conversations we get deep and we start just, yeah. it's just, it's so natural, but, uh, where that comes from, uh, the Greek. So I, I need to, I always try to share where I, like, I don't try to hide anything like where I've, I, yeah. have, I have all these like secrets, secret knowledge, but, but <laughs> cause that, that, that's, that's scary in itself. Right. But, uh, but, but it says here, um, so in James three fourteen, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is, is not that which comes down from above, 
but is earthly, natural, listen to this, demonic. Mm. And then listen to th 16. This is, this is why I had a hard time finding it because it was two verses prior to the one I was going to use. Okay. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. So that bitter jealousy, if you have that in your heart, it will, again, there's disorder in every evil thing. That bitter jealousy, that bitter jealousy, that's where that undrinkable water comes from. Mm -hmm. And and that jealousy, again, it's 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 toxic, but it's also bubbling over, like you said, to where it's just it's just not a good thing. And no, it's it's dangerous. It's it's full intent. It's to it's gonna harm you. Yeah, it's gonna harm you. You and someone else. As you know, you guys, to all you freshwater warriors listening. The bottom line is, we'll sum this up for you. Don't waste time comparing yourself to others and to run your race. That's right. Run your race. But to run your race as if, right, you're aiming for the prize. So you can't just expect to get out there and just trot like you're a show horse prancing around, you know what I mean, thinking that, <laughs> that you're going to make things happen in that way. But you have to run your race. And like you said earlier, like your coach taught you in track, not looking left or right, but definitely not looking behind you. Moving forward, not looking behind. Once you start looking behind, you start to slow up. Then you, you start thinking, well, maybe there's something that I need to go finish up. Maybe there's some loose ends I need to go tie up over there. And you know it's wrong. You know, that's how you get sucked back into that that lifestyle or suck back into those situations that you were trying to get out of those hopeless situations, you know, keep pressing towards the light, keep pressing towards hope. And I, I think that's just so important. Well, and one of the things that you talked about, not looking left and looking right, not looking behind, but looking forward, you know, we're, we're told in Hebrews to fix our eyes on Christ. We're supposed to fix our eyes on him. And you remember the story where Jesus was walking on the water? Most, Pretty much the whole entire yeah. world knows that. They, mm -hmm. They've heard that story. Well, what they don't also know is that Peter, in his excitement to, to well, first it, they were terrified because they see this figure in the middle of the night yeah. walking towards <laughs> them on the water in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, which was is pretty deep. So there's no way he could be walking on that water. And they're freaking out, thought he was a ghost. And Jesus says, no, it is I. And... Peter, in his excitement, said, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. So he, he said, Lord, tell me to come to you and I can come to you. He said, come on, let's go. Come on out. So he gets out and he starts walking on the water. And then, and sees starting to get a little rough. He starts looking left and looking right, taking his focus off of Christ. Mm -hmm. And what happens? He sank. Oh, sank. And he's, you can just see Peter in your mind, you know, like a little kid throwing the water, doesn't know how to swim. He's splashing yes, throwing his yes. hands and flailing and help me lord I'm, I'm i'm sinking i'm perishing and he picks him up out of the water and says why didn't you believe why did you take your eyes off of me mm -hmm. and that's what we do and sometimes and this is to my own shame as a christian is sometimes things of this world do still captivate our attention still take our focus off of him but it's just that's what we have to do we have to we have to put off our old self and then get fixated on the new self that's focused on, on Christ. 
the desire, his glory, his desires, his commands, his purposes, his will, and being spirit filled and spirit controlled. And so if we're, if we're doing those things, our eyes will be fixed on him. But if we ignore those things and we start, and you know, the other thing too is, is you, you need to get in the Bible every day. It doesn't have to be like hours and hours a day, but to start, to start 10, 15 minutes, maybe read a chapter a day, maybe just getting, just, just getting in the word because the, the more you're in the word, the more that heart of flesh that we talked about earlier will be evident. But the, the, the further you drift away, take a day off here, then it becomes two days and it becomes a week, take a day off of church. Eh, I don't feel like going today. And then, then it becomes a month. The farther, the farther apart you're away from God, the harder your heart becomes. And the when I and I tell anybody I talk to in Bible studies, youth group, or whatever it is, when you when you're looking to make a decision to follow Christ, that, that let Him to be your Lord, Master, and Savior, put your trust and faith in Him and Him alone. The longer you wait to do that, the harder your heart becomes. Because if you think about, because uh, I do youth group, I'm a youth pastor. And these kids in school are in school seven hours a day. And if you think about that seven hours a day in a five-day week, that's what, 35 hours? So most of that time is spent in this in the world that has nothing to do with God at all. More Matter of fact, the, the only time you ever hear God is Sunday. In, in a curse word, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That, uh, yeah. Yes. But, I mean, it's just... It, it, the I, I keep going back to the the hope and I keep going back to the abundant life, you know, because that's kind of what your your podcast talks about. You talk about how to get to that that the wellness, how to be a freshwater warrior, and how to be how to live the right way. And you know, honestly, this life is in Christ and in, in Him alone. And that's, I've come to find that on my, on my own. I mean, I was taught that at a young age, but I really had to discover this for myself. So I, I looked up all these different religions and I studied them and boy, nothing, nothing is more real and is more uh, of the truth. Jesus is the truth. That's why Jesus didn't say in that verse, I love, I am the way, the truth and the life. He said, he didn't say, I am a way, I'm not a truth, I'm not a life, <laughs> right. I am the, the way, the truth, yes. the life. And it's just, you know, uh, he's just given me everything that I could ever ask for and blessed me beyond measure. Yeah, I may not, I may not be a star athlete, I may not be um, a successful this, this or that, but uh, my life as a whole has, I enjoy things. I don't have to get drunk to have a great time. I don't have to get high to fit in. I don't have to to go in with a crowd and and, and almost give up who I am to be uh, to be accepted. He loves me. Uh, he he has given me his righteousness. I don't deserve it, but he. I know I know where I'm going to go when I die. If I were to drop over the minute I walk out of the, out of this building, and I know where I'm going to go. And there's a confidence and a hope in that. You know, sure that is truly truly a blessing to <clears throat> excuse me to have that sense of hope because you have that connection with christ
So, Nate, we've hit some topics of comparing ourselves and how it can breed jealousy and how that jealousy can lead us to make some irrational decisions and, and put us in these positions that are uh, dangerous at times and a detriment to our salvation, a detriment to uh, others around us. And we've also talked about uh, running our race, you know, not looking to the side, to the left of you, not looking behind you, moving forward. And so we've given the Freshwater Warriors a whole lot of uh, nuggets here and a whole lot of information. But it, we are praying that it's something that you guys can latch on to and, and apply in your lives. But as we wrap up this episode, I want to, uh, Nate, give you the floor to give us a few words of Freshwater encouragement. Well, I, I want to say first off that I'm humbled to be uh, doing this with you today. It's been a long time coming and it's been a, a true joy to talk with you in person and just collaborating and sharpening that iron. And so I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess the first thing is, you know, I'm just a living testimony of, of, of the saving power of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm, I'm not really of anybody of any importance, but he thought much of me to to die for me and to take me from where I am and where I am now it's just it, it goes beyond all, all, all understanding to be honest and I guess I'll just I'll finish with saying that Jesus Christ is the best thing that's ever happened to me um, bar none and I'll, I'll leave you guys with uh, second Peter the first chapter verses two and three so it starts with Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So I want to extend grace and peace to you all. Uh, matter of fact, that's what I say. <laughs> that's what I say on uh, my podcast. But verse three is the is the power. Seeing that His divine power, God's divine power, has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, we try to go through different avenues, psychologists, secular books, and try to figure out 12 steps of purpose and peace and happiness and whatever you want to is you want to call it. But it says it black and white, clear as crystal from the Holy Spirit uh, to the scriptures, from my voice to your ears saying that this is a this is a divine promise to you that he has given us one last time all things pertain to life and godliness through jesus christ so whatever it is you're going through he's the answer when i quoted earlier that john for john 14 6 where he says i am the way i am the truth and the life and no one comes to father except to me he is the way in and out of all things and he is the life he will restore life to your soul. And he is the truth in all things. A lot of times we ask what the truth is. And sometimes in this generation, this time right now, we don't know what the truth is. Uh, he is absolute truth. He is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He has blessed my life beyond measure. And we talked about it off air, but he came down. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died on the cross to atone for our sins. 
He rose on the third day and he is waiting right now to glorify us in heaven when our our mission on this life is accomplished. He is making us as he is and he is going to glorify us in heaven with a new spiritual body that is imperishable, powerful, and glorious. And the last thing, which is amazing, is that he is going to have us reign with him and we are promised that he is making us co-heirs with Christ. So there's nothing greater, no higher honor than being a follower of Jesus Christ. So I would just challenge you to, to pursue God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength because it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. Nate, I want to thank you for joining me on the Site Beyond Site podcast. And I want to remind all you freshwater warriors listening that Nate, you can find his podcast on all podcast outlets, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever it may be. The name of his podcast is Living Parables. Once again, his podcast is Living Parables. And so be sure to check that out as well. Um, I, once again, I can't thank you enough for joining me on this episode. And uh I think that the message is going to get across and whoever uh, hears this message, they're going to have some some good things to work with to apply in their lives. So I, once again, I appreciate you joining me. And I know this won't be the, the first or the last time. <laughs> For sure. To all you freshwater warriors, remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting. And remember to be the freshwater that heals in a salty environment. Until we meet again, my friends.